This episode of Diamond Talk is brought to you by Megaseats.com. Megaseats.com is your go-to website for buying tickets for your favorite sporting events, concert, or theater. Yeah, you heard me right. Go see a Yankee game during the day, then go see Springsteen on Broadway at night. It's that easy. This website is awesome. There are no service fees ever. There's no shipping to get you your tickets, and the website is super user-friendly. And right now, use the code SSAW Network for 10% off. I went and checked it out. I looked myself. You get a great map of the venue. You get to see where your seats are to watch whatever you're going to be watching. And when you enter in that code, you do get 10% off. And there's no service fees or shipping added. So the price you see is the price that you're actually going to pay. And I'm used to having to click through a couple different screens to see what my actual price is. Best thing about this website is whatever you see on that screen as you're perusing tickets, that is the price you're going to see on your receipt. So go to megaseats.com and get your tickets for the next sporting event and we'll see you on the field. everybody welcome to this episode of diamond talk and i don't know if you look outside it's, it's getting a little chilly right uh leaves are starting to change we're in the middle of september 15 days away from playoff baseball uh the air starts feeling a little different um the fall like what sweater weather comes out and it's a different time of year man we're here with rob and nick today man how you guys doing What's going on, man? What's going on? Good to be back. Uh, yeah, like you said, definitely uh, changing times, changing changing of the weather. And look, we got a, we got a couple weeks of baseball left. But you know, like I said the other day, at least it's meaningful baseball, and that's always something to get excited about. I'm doing good, man. I do not have my pumpkin spice latte because I do not drink that, no matter what the weather. But yeah, I'm excited. This is baseball weather, fall classic coming up here soon, and there's a lot to talk about. Do not sleep on pumpkin spice lattes. I'm just kidding. I've never had anything pumpkin like tasting, so I, I'm I'm sure it's good. I don't know, man. Right? Like 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 two million white people can't be wrong, right? Like I'm I'm sure. Yeah, they can. They can. I, I'm sure that <laughs> they, they, they they've been wrong before, man. Yo, we're we're glad to have have Rob back, man. It, it's been a while, man. So look, I'm just gonna kick it to you real quick, man. How has baseball been this last few weeks? I know it has it's been it's had up and downs, uh, in the boogie down Bronx. Yeah, no, man. I I think if anything, baseball has been pretty solid. I think um, we've seen a lot of teams kind of come back to life, right? Like you've seen the Cardinals kind of get a good shot of energy. You've seen teams like the Giants kind of like maintain the the level of baseball that they've been playing for the majority of the season. You've seen teams like the Yankees go back and forth, back and forth. You've seen a team like the Blue Jays, you know, kind of kind of push their way towards towards the top of of the wild card race as well, like. You've seen a lot in these last couple of weeks. And and like I said, there's there's only a couple of weeks left, but it's a lot of meaningful baseball. Like we're gonna dive into it here, but there's like a lot of a lot of these races are still pretty close. Like, yeah, you definitely have your teams where you kind of already know like this team probably got got the division on lock and, and things like that, but there there are also those races that could pretty much come down to the final two or three games of the season. It is gonna be a fun time. Fun time. And you know. 
I, I think the best place to start this is, is the wild card races. Both of them are really interesting right now, right? In the AL, you have Toronto, who has hopped up to that first spot with Yankees in Boston. I mean, yeah, the Yankees in Boston being tied for that second position right now. Uh, Yankees barely ahead. And then in the NL, oof, man, NL's just as interesting, right? St. Louis came back from the dead. They were a team that, you know, a couple just a couple weeks ago, we were saying how they're probably going to be the team on, on the outside looking in. But they, they're holding on to that second spot right now, which is nuts, right? They're competing with Cincinnati, who's only a half game back. San Diego's a game back. Philadelphia's three games back. Even the Mets are, are only four games back. You want to hear the craziest thing about all this? Colorado is eight and a half games back, and they're still in it. Colorado, who we had as the worst record in baseball for like the, la- the first couple of months, they're still they're technically They're technically <laughs> in it, but they're out. <laughs> like, they're they're technically out. in it. They're technically <laughs> in it. It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> nah, man. But look, we we've had some great storylines, right? Like it, it's been it's been a great year, and I think this is a good time to kind of just talk about some of those fringe teams, right? So some of those teams that I don't know. We have to really analyze whether they're going in the right direction or wrong direction. I, I think this is a good time to bring it up, just because you know last, last few episodes we've talked about the wild card and, and we know those those teams, but. What about the teams that have shown out and are kind of on, on the border there, right? So, you know, we're talking about your Miamis, right? Or or your <laughs> your Cincinnati Reds who who at some point this year we we counting as out, right? What what do you think about those teams, right? So I I'll give you I'll give you a quick list, right? So guys, let, let me know what your feelings are about these teams. You know, Cincinnati, who I, I believe is gonna be out, right? Like, do they have you know, should they just shut it down and just focus on next year at this point? Um, you know, who else? Cleveland, who we know they're in a tough division, right? Oakland, who has been uncharacteristically bad this year. What is your opinion on those teams, those French teams, man? I'll start with you, Rob. Yeah, I think, you know, that I, I think there's a lot of good reasons why a lot of those teams still kind of remain French teams for the most part. I think I think a team like Cincinnati the problem that I would say with, with Cincinnati is that I, to me, they don't have like, they don't really have like a, what you see a lot of the times with these young, like superstars, right? Like Cincinnati doesn't really have that guy. Like, yes, you have a, a, a veteran all-star level leader at, at, in a Joey Votto, right? Like a former MVP for sure. But in terms of like a young superstar, anything like that, like a young guy that's like at the top of his game. I mean, Cincinnati's like one of those teams where it's like a bunch of guys just put together who are playing really good baseball, like Nick Castellano, Jesse Winker, like having the seasons that that they've been having, right? Like they they haven't necessarily gotten the level of pitching that they might like from a guy like Luis Castillo. So they definitely have a lot of uh, of pieces that could that could still come along for them. Um, but in terms of some of these other teams, I mean, I man, I mean, it's honestly going to come down to like development of their prospects, right? Because I think that's, I think a lot of the times that's where these teams have to pull most of their good players from. Like, like, think about it. A lot of the teams that you mentioned aren't necessarily teams that free agents are lining up to go to. So you kind of have to like depend on your ability to make trades, your ability to draft, to kind of stock up your farm and things like that. And, and I think if you look at some of these farm systems, it kind of does give you a little a little sense of confidence in some of these teams, right? Like, especially like a team like Miami, we've mentioned it before. Miami has some of the best pitching prospects. Like, like they could literally have one of the best rotations, at least in the national league in just the next couple seasons with some of these guys developing, right? 
Like, and, and especially being in a division like the NL East, that's not that, it's not that strong. Like no team, like, like Atlanta is definitely hurting, missing Ronald Acuna Jr. For sure. I'm not denying that, but Atlanta also isn't like a team that's so monstrous that they're so ahead of the pack in that division. You know, if you look at a Philadelphia, if you look at a New York, like a lot of these teams are still really close. And Miami's one of those teams that still has players to develop. So um, it's it's going to be interesting seeing how how a lot of these fringe teams kind of develop and, and if they do take those next steps, right? Like a lot of these guys can develop, but there's no guarantee that, you know, uh, a, a favorite, a heavy contender doesn't go out and make a big trade or sign another superstar and get even better. Um, so you can only hope. And, and you know, we're going to see here in the next couple of seasons if teams like Miami, if a team like Cleveland, who might you know is hurting since the loss of of Lindor and we don't know what's going to happen with Jose Ramirez and things like that right so we're we're it's going to be interesting to see in a couple seasons if these teams even are looking the same way that they're looking today Nick out of all the teams who are out of the playoff race right who who are definitely out which one of those teams do you feel the best about this season right cuz you know obviously there, there's some teams rebuilding um there's some teams that might have taken a step back but out of the teams who are let's say out of the playoff for real, for real, right? Like, like we mentioned, the Rockies, who you know, even though they're eight and a half games back, they're they're out. What team do you feel best about going into next year? In terms of best, it's going to be the team that I think because the best team for me is going to be the Pirates. That's my team now, so I'm going to go with them. I like a lot of the young talent, and I think if they do the right things with the right Over. guys, he's all hope. Nope. We're not scared, <laughs> big time. But I mean, they do have you know, Cole Tucker came up and he's shining so far since he's been up. Brian Haynes is. I mean, he's a future superstar. He's he's sticking with the bat, and he's one of the best gloves at third base. He's at a loaded position, and he's still making a name for himself. Um, but I would say the two teams, one from each league, I'm going to double up on Miami with Rob because the way their young pitching is coming around, and as much as I do not like Don Mattingly as a head coach, that team is playing for him. And so it's going to be really interesting to see if they can develop because Jeter is a winner. He's done some really good things. They completely overperformed last year but they got a taste of what that's like and they've had some serious injuries this year to some of their key players which has helped keep them down um and then also just the nl east as much as we make fun of it they've really beat up on themselves this entire year and atlanta is just rising to the cream of the crop and it's crazy how good they are without acuna jr they're still leading all of major league baseball in home runs so that's a pretty wild stat in the american league this one's super easy for me it's going to be the Los Angeles Angels because you missed Mike Trout all year. You have Anthony Rendon going down. Next year, you're going to have those two coming back with uh, with Walsh just absolutely stunning this year. I mean, he might have a 30 home run season batting 275. That's pretty solid for a Major League Baseball first baseman. And if they put a couple pieces around and if Otani can improve, maybe not at the dish like home run wise, but if he can improve his all around game next year even a little bit more because he's still only 27. He's still getting used to, you know, Major League Baseball, really. That's crazy that Otani could be better. Then you get Mike Trout back. If Anthony Rendon can come back to what he was the last two or three years, and then Brandon Walsh keeps going better, that's four amazing hitters in a lineup and in the AL West that is going to continuously beat up on themselves. Seattle's getting better. Oakland's getting better. And Houston's on top right now. So I really look at the Los Angeles Angels next year as a very curious team because of what could happen next year. Detroit Tigers are close second, 
But when I kind of sat down and thought about it with the year Otani's having and thinking he may not be at his best, and then you're going to get the easily best player in all of Major League Baseball back for a full season, and then you get a guy who we were arguing, could he be the best third baseman in all of Major League Baseball? Even if you just have those three guys and everybody else kind of does status quo, uh, you're you're looking at a team that could be in a completely different position next year, and they just drafted all 20 rounds uh, were pitchers, so they have hopefully some arms coming up, and we know they spend in free agency. It is not out of the realm for them to maybe go get one of these shortstops, you know, a, a Javi Baez, a Trevor Story. Not saying they're going to, but the Angels spend. They're not afraid to. You throw another bat in there and maybe a couple arms. They, they're. I'm very interested in the Angels' offseason looking towards next year, and it could be much different. It's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be different for them, right? I think the the main thing is guys like Rob, guys like you, guys like me, guys like anybody who has eyeballs has said, "Hey, Angels, how, how about we look at those arms, buddy? How about we see we see what we, we we can do if we have like a actual pitching staff, right? We don't know if that's gonna be the answer." Right, like maybe they take a risk on on Trevor Bauer, who they had interest in in you know last off season, right? Who 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 knows? Yo, Rob, since I didn't since I didn't ask you the question, I know you might probably have a different opinion on it. You know, same question to you, man. What what are some teams that are out of the playoff race right now that you you feel pretty good about? Yeah, no, if you know immediately, <clears throat> excuse me, immediately just thinking of one, I would have to agree with Nick. I think that <clears throat> you have to go with the Angels, simply because of the players that they'll have that they'll have coming back right like obviously they're missing the top player in the game anytime that that's the case you have to be a team that's in consideration for for you know coming back and potentially putting some type of contention together but like you guys mentioned until until they don't actually go out and and make the changes that they need pitching wise i mean the angels aren't going to really go anywhere and it, it kind of sucks when you think about it like yes you can say they've had bad luck with the injuries and things like that but a t- like dude look at the al west right now like the al west is is in no means like look houston is more than likely going to run away with the division but at the same time it's like seattle and oakland are still in there and if if the angels had like a healthy mike trout and anthony rendon they're probably on top of both of those teams like especially with the season that shohei otani has been having so it's not it's not a division where the Angels are just are completely out of it. It's more it's more based on circumstance. So I think they're they're definitely a, a team to 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 keep an eye on. And um, if I had to pick another one, I'd I'd probably say you know I'd probably say a team like the Chicago Cubs because sim- I I just don't I can give you some predictions on what I think they're gonna do, right? Like if I had to put money, I, I I might put money on the fact that one of the main three guys in Rizzo, Baez, and Brian that they let go, that they might push hard to re-sign one of those guys this offseason, but you don't really know. And I think that they that they do have money, but at the same time, even just looking outside of the money, we mentioned it before, a lot of people didn't pay enough attention to the actual returns that the Chicago Cubs got in those trades. The Chicago Cubs got a lot of major league pieces, like like uh, different from a lot of other trades where you have you you know you have a he- heavy prospect packages. The the Chicago Cubs got a decent amount of players who fit right into their lineup. We're not saying that they're superstars or or even all star level players yet, like the three guys that exited, but they're they're talented players who still have years of development and are young players. So for a team like that, especially in in and what we always say is a competitive division in the NL Central, you know, 
I think that I think we're gonna have to wait and see, and it might be two or three years of demel- of development from the Cubs before we see them take another leap and be you know possibly be taken serious again as a as a playoff contender. Some that I see all the time is the war stat, and I hate the war stat mostly because it's not even the same across different uh, across different you know Fangraphs versus Baseball Reference. There's different calculations for it. So there's not even one war stat, but when you go and look. Mike Trout has been a 10-war player the last two years and then floating anywhere between an eight and nine win player other than that. <clears throat> and right now they're, you know, they're 10 games back in the, or sorry, 14 games back in the division. Anthony Rendon's been a seven, eight war player. So if you look at getting those guys back, you're you're legitimately talking, if you live by the war stat, you're giving the Angels another 10 to 14 wins this year. And you gotta take those wins away from other teams. And since they play in the division so much. You know, it really shows like the war stat is not the end all be all to me. And I don't really like looking at it, but something like this really does give it some validity as a as at least a reference when you're talking about the best players in the game. And it does give it some accuracy. If you put Mike Trout as a 10 more player, 10 wins above average player, you give those 10 wins back to the Angels and you take them away from other teams. You really are putting the Angels right in the hunt of the playoff run because of just Mike Trout. The reason I'm bringing that up is. For all the talk and what Otani's done this year and who's the greatest in the game, the, like losing Mike Trout is very evident with the Los Angeles Angels record. And he is by far, this year proves it more than any other year I've ever seen, the best player in the game. And there's not even, a, you, nobody can say anything different. Even if you like war or not, and I can't stand it, the numbers are showing he's a 10-win player. They're on pace for about 75, 76, 77 wins. And the last two full seasons, they were an 80-win team. So, And then you take away Anthony Rendon, and they are a better team overall than they were those years. The pitching staff isn't that much better, but it is better. They do have a better ERA. They do have a better whip. And their offense is scoring more runs. So the rest of the team has cut them up a couple wins. So Mike Trout is the best player in the game. It's just another way to say it, another way to show it. Without him, they are way out of the playoffs. If they had him, they would be right in the playoff hunt, maybe even for the division. The reason why a lot of people, a lot of pundits, a lot of um, baseball analysts had the Angels being a threat this year, look, what that lineup, when you have it together, which hasn't been together pretty much all year, it's, it's, it's dangerous, man. Look, we're not talking about just guys like, like, like Mike Trout and Rendon who missed a significant part of this year. Yeah, you know what? Those guys are, are obviously missed, right? Anytime you don't have the best player in the game not in your lineup for an entire year, which, by the way, it, it I don't think anyone was questioning it, but he's obviously out for the year. He's not coming back anytime. He's not going to play 15 games, right? Um, you know, anytime you have that stuff missing, your team's going to suffer, right? Same thing with Rendon, who Rendon's also a pretty good glove at, at third base, right? He's not, you know, he's not a gold glover. He's not Chapman or, or, or Arenado, but he's a decent glove at third base. Then you think about the rest of the pieces these guys have, which are good pieces. Look, I, I love David Fletcher. David Fletcher is the most underrated second baseman in MLB for me. Right, he doesn't give you he doesn't give you that pop, but he does everything else at a above to above to an average to above average level. He reminds me a lot of DJ LeMahieu in the way he plays, puts the ball in play. He's he's gonna be a guy who can challenge for an AL batting title, in my opinion, just based on the average side of it. Right, Gold Glover, Gold Glove caliber person who can play all around the infield. To me, he, he's a lot like a DJ LeMahieu. Right, then. You got Joe Adele, who has come on this year. Joe Adele's doing all right, you know, right? He, he's not – I wouldn't say he's top prospect that you're looking at that a lot of people thought he'd be last year. But he's stepping up his game, right? And he's only 21 years old. So there's room to grow there. 
Walsh was an, was, was uh, an all-star this year. And, and he's been doing great, right? Otani, everyone knows what Otani's doing. So, you know, you put all these pieces together, even with a shaky pitching staff, you have something there, right? And, and you know, like, don't be stupid. Go get some arms, too. Uh, you know, LAAA, whatever your guy's name is this year. Um, you know, as far as what team I, I personally feel good about going forward is Detroit. Detroit, like, really quietly did had a good trade deadline, right, where, where, where they got certain pieces where, um, you know, you have Holkerson com- coming in hopefully next year. Uh, you know, you have some of those those veteran guys there that can potentially, you know, still do some some pretty good stuff, right? Jonathan Scope having a pretty good season. You know, look, Miggy is, is there for the next two years for, for better or for worse, but that's a good person to learn from. I, I like the direction Oakland headed in this year, right? K- Casey Mize, right? You have to mention him. Along with the pitching staff, they have other guys there, um, Tarek Scoble, guys that are going to come in and contribute at, at a higher level, right? So on and, and the AL side of it, that's the team, team I'm really excited for um, next year. You know, NL is a little bit tougher, right? Like, I love Miami, but – I think we dropped and you have to cut NL it. NL East is so competitive that – I don't think uh-huh. even if when they get I said, good, I think it's going to be a good showing. Back. Look, the, the NL East is a shit show, man. Look, Philadelphia and the New York Mets are, are each about four games out of a wild card spot. Neither of them are above 500. That's disgusting. That, that, that's absolutely disgusting. First place team Atlanta at 76 wins. They might get in there with 85 as a division winner, right? Like potentially, and, and potentially it's less than that, right? They're five and five in the last 10. You have about 15 games left. They they can realistically be a team that goes 81 81 and and makes the playoffs. Uh, you know, you know, on the NL side, like Pittsburgh's kind of kind of an easy one. They have they have the young pieces, right? And, and Nick's a fan, but I think the team you have to you know really be happy about. I, I agree with Rob is the Cubs. You know, yeah, you traded away those stalwarts, but you got good stuff back. You, you didn't come back with any scrubs. That team is still competitive, six and four in their last ten. Um. You know, I'm I'm assuming they'll get Javi Baez back if they get anybody back, right? I, I think Rizzo's kind of be one of those guys that ends up in in Boston. I know, cover your ears, Rob. Uh, I I think he ends up in Boston, right? Like I I think that makes too much sense, unless the Yankees say here have a check and and sign it. But his um what's called his production lately wasn't what it first got there. Dude, but, you know what's the craziest thing? What is it? It wouldn't surprise me if. We're sitting here in 2022, and Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber switch uniforms. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can definitely see that. Because Cashman has, I've said it before, Cashman has been in on Schwarber way too many times, and Schwarber's about to hit free agency too. Yeah. So the Yankees might just look at him them as a, you know, hey, we're gonna lose Rizzo, let's just pay pay Schwarber and just have him on the squad just to hit homers, you know? Yeah, and I hope that doesn't happen just because. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's not something. I mean, I, it depends. I, look, I'll say this. I'll say this again. Similar to like the Joey Gallo situation, Kyle Schwarber is not necessarily a guy that I'm like, you know, like like fiending over for the team to like sign. But at the same time, I have to see how the team is going to be constructed. Because if it's constructed in a certain way, right, and it's already good, and Kyle Schwarber can add to that, then it's one thing compared to like having weaknesses and then adding Kyle Schwarber to that. You know, so. I'll, I'll wait and see, but yeah, it's a situation I could very easily see with Rizzo and Schwarber. Look, man, I'll say this: every day that passes on, you know, since the season started, it makes more and more sense that that Corey Seager becomes a Yankee, right? Like, oh, hey, you're left-handed deficient. 
He's gonna get he's gonna get money thrown at him. He's yep. gonna get money thrown at him. But what I yo, I said the other day, and again, it's not gonna happen. It's not. But the most chaotic thing would be for Carlos Correa to sign with the Yankees. Like if Car like like just imagine the chaos in the baseball world. If, if Carlos Correa actually signed with the Yankees, like, dude, that'd be nice. I'm I'm just saying, like from from a talent standpoint, yeah. Like, I'm oof. Yo, I, I don't know, man. For me, for me, Team Puerto Rico has kind of um, not the way they've played this year and just Carlos Correa's past. They're not necessarily guys I'd want in pinstripes, just from what they've shown the last. Oh no, I'm just <laughs> look. I, look, I I want I want it to be known. Unless it's Yadi, hold on. Unless, Car- unless it's Yadi, Yadi can come anytime. Dude, I'm look. I'm, I'm a fan of Carlos Correa. I'm a fan of Carlos Correa as a player, but like I simply want him in New York for the chaos. Like, I just want, like, I just want to see what the headlines are going to be and all the wild takes from Yankee fans, from Astro fans, from whoever. Like, I just want to see, like, what would happen. But, yeah, the more realistic target is is Yankees going after Corey Seager, which has been known for a while because he's like he's like Hal Steinbrenner's favorite player, apparently. He, you know, he has <laughs> pictures of him, posters of him on his wall and stuff. Yeah, like, we've, I don't seen, know. we've seen his MySpace top eight. He's number one. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, man. Look, so, 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 you know, let, let's flip the question, right? Because with with all the teams that are looking positive for next year, there's also some 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 teams that next year we're not going to be too happy about, right? And you know, Rob, I'll start with you. What team that's in the playoff race right now do you feel kind of icky about, right? A, a team that you're like, hey, look, even if they get in, I don't see a bright future for them. Oh, you're talking about like teams that will make the postseason this year? Yeah, so you know, anyone from the division winners to guys like the you can even add the Mariners in there, right? Mariners, Red Sox, or in the yeah, NFL teams sense. Are, teams the, that are still in it. Uh, the, the Mets, prob- yeah. <laughs> and on, on the on the National League side, we'll stop it at the Mets. Nobody under the Mets. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know what? Um guys that are in contention. I'd probably say I, I'd probably have to go back to honestly to a team like Cincinnati. Simply because of what I said earlier, I don't think that they're so much of a group that's like, it's weird. It's like they're, they're, they're like right there, like for playoff contention, but I don't take them as a serious contender simply because they, I can't, I can't rely on a lot of their guys hitting what they need to hit in order, you know, like the levels that they would need to hit for me to take them seriously as a contending team. And I also don't think that there's any guarantee that the current group of guys that they have stays as it does. I mean, Nick Castellanos has an opt-out, you know, which he's more than likely going to take based off of this season, right? Because he, I think he was getting paid. I think the contract that he signed with uh, Cincinnati was for like 16, for like 16 million a year or something average or something like that. He can for sure get a contract worth more than 16 million per season after the se- after the season that he's having. So I would fully expect Nick Castellanos to opt out. And I don't know if Cincinnati puts up the money to keep him, right? Like, we just don't know. I don't think that that's a group that necessarily stays together. And even if it does, I don't know that it's a group that I could count on to meet the potential that that I do see in some of their players. All right, man. So what about you, Nick? I'm sure that that you have a big opinion on this one, too, because there's a lot of fraudulent uh, contenders right now. There are a ton, and I. this is way too long of a topic. This is for sure an off-season topic because of the level of it. 
but I'm going to absolutely obliterate every baseball fan out there. My number one worry going into next year is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And here's why. Trevor Bauer, I know he's not playing, but he does, was doing well. Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Kenley Jansen are all very, 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 very productive members of that squad. And they're gone next year. You also lose Corey Seager. You also lose Danny Duffy, who has been pretty good. You lose AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor. There's so many guys that they are losing. Shane Green. There's so many guys that they are losing that are key portions of their depth. You take all those players away, and a lot of them are going to be asking for a lot of money. You cannot expect them to sign all those players back. And they just got rid of their top pitching prospect and their top hitting prospect. Yes, they have tons of depth. Yes, they have tons of money. But we might have just seen the window shut on the face of the Los Angeles Dodgers because you have a team like the Giants, who I also question for next year. But you have a team like the Giants with an amazing front office and a great core group of guys. They just re-signed Brandon Crawford. I'm way more believing in the Giants right now than I am the Dodgers because of what's coming off the books and just the way they built these two teams. I'm sorry, Dodger fans, but your team is very, very, very shady and very shaky for next year with the guys that they're losing that I don't know how many they can bring back and still keep their depth. Ooh, well, I mean, dude, those are pretty good, good ones. I, I, Dodger fans will not like to hear that. Look, look for me, good. <laughs> for me, it's pretty simple, man. Like the Yankees, the Yankees are probably the worst team I can feel about right now. Well, I, one, I'm obviously a fan, but two, everything they've done this year kind of just shows me that's not a team on the rise, right? Like, their good players are only getting older. You're going to have to pay judge, right? Um, guys that you have on the cheap, like the Gio Urshelas, like the Luke Voice, you know, those are guys that, you know, you're going to have to pay up at some point, right? Joey Gallo, which we mentioned, it's almost like we have a like a fortune ball, right? One of those, one of those magical future balls where we said, hey, look, Joey Gallo's a bad fit. Not because not because he's a bad player, not because he's not an upgrade, but because what he gives you, we already have, which is a shit ton of swing and miss, right? Um, you know, it, it's not a good look. Your best shortstop in the last five weeks has been Andrew Velasquez. Labor Torres cannot field the position. He has, like, rumor is he's, a, he's permanently been moved off of the shortstop position, which should have happened a long time ago, but, you know, who do you have there? Yeah, maybe you go sign one of these bigger shortstops like Trevor Story or or, or like um, what's it called Corey Seager, which kind of ties into what Nick was saying and and what's it called the Dodgers not being able to pay all these people, right? I think it's pretty obvious that Seager's going to be a casualty of that, right? He's, he's, a, he's an awkward fit there anyway at shortstop as it is with, I think, which in my opinion, the better shortstop playing second base right now in Trey Turner. Um, you know, so th- th- there's things that, you don't like to see it if you're a Yankee fan, man. You guys almost lost to the Twins, right? You're losing Subway Series games to the Mets, who are an under 500 team, in September, right? So that's one of those teams where I just can't, you know, not one of those teams, my team. I just don't see good things happening, right? When when I look at a team like Boston, who's in that same division, you know, they're on their way up, right? Because those hitters are pretty young. They don't really have anyone there that that's, you know, they're waiting out at this point, right? Chris Sale's back, and he looks good. They're probably going to spend money on pitching the next the next couple of uh, free agency cycles. Tampa Bay doesn't matter who they have; they could have they have me, Rob, and Nick playing, and and we'd all be potential all stars. Yeah, buddy. 
don't know what the fuck's in the water there, but they just make it happen. You know, Toronto's obviously uh, the baby beast. They're killing it. Um, you know, so out of all the contenders this year, the Yankees are the ones that I kind of see as, whew, it, it, it's going to be rough. It's, it's going to be rough, right? Like, I got one rebuttal for you on the Yankees. Go for it. Go they're for not. It. They're not losing anybody of significance that they had all year. The the True. their major loss is going to be Anthony Rizzo. If they lose him, everybody else: Corey Kluber, Andrew Heaney. Who cares? They didn't do shit anyway. And they could have a very clean cut from your favorite head coach ever, Aaron Boone, because his contract is up, and they have not, from what I've ever seen, they have not even started talking about an extension. So you could have a new head coach and a whole you're not going to have a whole new team you're going to have a team that's been playing together and you've had so many injuries on that team this year it's hard to be cohesive you put that whole team together and get even 80 percent healthy that's i i i think you're being one of the the fans that really hates against their team and i know why but i i think there's a lot more optimism in new york than there should be because boston was a complete fluke this year i believe i don't think they're going to come back like that next year they had so many guys have career years, all-star years that they're not really going to live up to that going forward. Look, and I hope it is a fluke, right? And, and the best, look, addition by subtraction, right? If, if you're a football fan, you know Adam Gase was the coach for the Jets, and just by him leaving the Jets, you probably gained four wins on the year. I feel the same way about Aaron Boone. He just happens to have way more better talent or, or way better talent around him with, with the Yankees squad, obviously, because that team does not lack talent, right? They lack leadership. So if Aaron Boone is gone, I think automatically you get at least five games better regardless of where you finish this year. So, you know, it's possible. I don't know. I, I feel like they, 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 I feel like the front office might, um, they might play around with bringing Aaron Boone back though, which is something that if that happens, Bronx might be on fire. Bronx might, might be on fire. I, I was, I, I was going to start it. I dude, Yo, so, so best baseball experience so far this year. I, I went home in the middle of July. It was and, and I went to a Yankee game. I went to a Yankee game that had two rainouts. Um they were playing the Angels. The Angels came back from like nine to one or something like that, right? It was the game Otani started to get up seven runs runs in the first inning. Two rain delays. Game finished at like 1 30 a.m. We got to sit like right behind one plate because because everybody left, right? It was late. Everyone in the ballpark, which at that point was still kind of good for for, for what it was, Fire Boone was as loud as it can be. Right, and that was before Chapman even gave up the home run, so he he's not a fan there. Like fires will be started, right? It, it's not one of those things where, where where anyone should feel good about it. But you know, just look at it like t- teams this year that disappointed, right? Minnesota, Minnesota. A lot of people had competing, right? Didn't really lose much of anything. They gained people. They were god awful this year, right? With the exception of Byron Buxton when he was healthy, doing good, that whole team was a shit show. Um, the Oakland A's, Oakland A's have been a shit show this year, right? The fact that they're not at the top of the division, or at least fighting for, for the division, that's a failure, right? Because they don't do anything, right? They play they play their money ball statistics. Hey, let's bring some people up. We'll, 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 we'll win some games this way. That filled them harder than it usually does this year, where they have the Seattle Mariners in front of them. If anyone told you the Seattle Mariners would finish this division in second place, you would drug test them. Like, on. On the spot, you would drug test them. So, you know, it's been ugly, man. And then on the NL side of it, you know, San Diego, disappointing, right? Like, I know Rob is one of the people that had them a year early. He thought that this year was still going to be a 
a build on year, right? Because they don't have everyone back, right? Guys like Clevenger. Nah, it's back. a it's a bit it's a no look, it's a build on year. Yes, their real year of contention is next year, but this year still has been disappointing for them. That's also not to say that they can't like mess up a team in the wild card though. <laughs> like that's why it's like that's why it's like I, I look at San Diego like ah like San Diego just needs to just needs to get there. San Diego needs to get to the wild card game. In the wild card game, anything can happen. It can, it, it, so you know how you know how uh, one of our favorite people on SAW, Jordan Alexander, uh, he's notorious for for coming at uh, Garrett Cole for the sticky stuff. Ah um, uh, yes, comment, yes, yes, yes. Well, since that happened, pretty much no pitcher has been worse than New Darvish. Um, since they started looking at that, right? Um, and you Darvish has 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 pitches that moved literally everywhere. So, you know, I'm not gonna say that that's what it was, but you know, he's yet to bounce back from that, right? You know, dude, all I'm saying is Joe Mosgrove for for San Diego. I told people to, I told people pre preseason that the move to San Diego was gonna be good for him, and he has arguably been their best starting pitcher this year. He has been their best starting pitcher. It's not even arguing. Yeah. He is by yeah, he's dominant like, on that. He's their ace. Yeah, yeah, and remember, yo, and remember when the remember when we were having discussions of like of whether San Diego would have to decide between Mosgrove or like Chris Paddock to keep in like the rotation for next season. Oh, he's in there. Oh, he's yeah, in there. Yeah. Somebody else, somebody else is, is is up and gone. But he he has a spot locked. He's probably he's probably gonna be one, two, or three next year because we don't know. Like honestly, we don't know. Darvish's pitching is down. Snell's pitching is down. We don't know how Clevenger's gonna come back from injury. So. I mean, that might be your opening day starter right there for San Diego next season. Who knows? Yo, it's very possible. It is It is very possible. Yeah, Snell sucks, man. Or or they can go fan favorite, Jake Arrieta. Huh? Uh, huh? Yo, yo, two worst <laughs> moves of the offseason. I mean, of the of the trade deadline. Heaney and, and Arrieta. Makes no sense. Makes no sense why either of those have a major league uniform on right now. Bro, but, I'm going to throw something. Can I just say something real quick, though, yeah. to add on to that? Uh, it, it's not... It's kind of the same thing, but not with the trade deadline. Can we just talk about the fact that one of the most underrated signings of the offseason, though, Marcus Simeon, though, yes, has just yeah. been going stupid. Yeah. Yo, he has been going stupid. Like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I don't even know. Like, it, it's insane. It's honestly insane. Like the fact that you can go on, uh, just because I was looking at like fan graphs earlier, the fact that you can go on fan graphs and you see Marcus Simeon like near the top of so many categories. I was just like, man, like it, like dude's really about to put up a 40 home run season being teammates with Vladdy. Like, oh my Lord. Yo, and Tor- yo, Toronto, you better get on that though. Like, you, you better extend, you better, you better extend homie. <laughs> you better extend homie. Give him a little, give him a little money. I ain't saying, I ain't saying, hey, no two hundred million dollar deal because you know sit, sit, yeah yeah and, but but also like also like we have to be honest like it's also like kind of like do it again you know because we saw him do this once kind of similar it, it, obviously this is this season in Toronto has been better than than the other season in in Oakland uh for 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 the most part but you know it's kind of that thing where it's just like okay now do it again like don't you know what this proves. This proves for him that he has to be the Robin. He has to be the second guy because when he went to Oakland, I believe, when that that was his first big deal after his breakout season, right? Was going to Oakland? No, Oakland uh, was his breakout season. No, no, Oakland was Oakland was his breakout. Yeah. So and then he what, had, and then the once he was Batman, after he can't do that. It. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, but he went at the season after his breakout in Oakland. He he took a dip again, which is why we were we were talking about like you know we were talking about obviously Marcus Simeon because remember they had him as a top three MVP candidate, and it was yeah. just like we were all just like Marcus Sim- like at, in general, right? In general, Marcus Simeon is not the kind of guy that you consider as an as a top three MVP candidate. I still don't. I still don't. Even you know even with this season, I still don't. But like I, it's impressive and it's it's. It's something that we definitely have to give credit for on the part of Toronto because they have put together one of the nastiest lineups when healthy, one of the nastiest lineups like that that any any team has the potential of facing this year in the playoffs. Yeah. To be fair to Simeon, the his off year was COVID. And there's so many variables to throw into that. This might yeah. this might be Marcus Simeon. This might really be who the dude is. Because if you take out the COVID year, which is fair to say, he's had two MVP quality seasons back to back years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Because he got what did he get this? Year? I think he mil. he signed one year, eighteen mil for mil. one year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can only imagine what he's probably looking at. I, I would say generously, I say something like three at seventy five, like twenty five a year, is probably something that I'm not. I know I'm not saying like that's what I would personally give him. I'm yeah. saying that's what I could see Toronto offering him because I mean. It's 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 the same situation with a lot of these guys, right? Like it's like uh it's it's similar to uh another Marcus in Marcus Stroman, right? Who's yeah. also going to be a free agent, and I think he also uh signed the, well he has signed the qualifying offer, right, or something like that with the Mets, mm-hmm. which is also which was also like eighteen point nine mil or something yeah, like yeah. that. But he's probably going to see a bump in pay too off of this season, so I I, I think it's probably going to be similar. It, it, ha- it would have to be. It's interesting because both those guys are very similar in what they do, right? Like so for me. Marcus Simeon is a lot like I'm not gonna say Libertadores. I will never insult uh, Marcus Simeon like that. But Marcus Simeon really isn't like a top defensive shortstop, which was a position he was playing with with Oakland when he came to Toronto. Obviously, you have Bobuchet there, so you move Simeon to second base. So you know, defensively, the second base position is a lot easier than playing shortstop in the major league level, especially now in today's game with the shifts. You no longer get blindsided by the runner on double plays, so the footwork's a lot easier there, right? You don't have to be quite the same athlete as you did. In the past, where you usually had defensive guys play second base, now second baseman can pretty much just mash. So second base and even third base is like the perfect position for Marcus Simeon to play. So that's where you have to comp his new contract at, right? Where he's not playing that prime position at shortstop. So I think that kind of takes some some money off the table for him, unless the team says, "Hey, look, we want you to play shortstop for us," right? And the Yankees are so bad, they might they might like look into that. But you know, my thing with Marcus Simeon, and this doesn't even have to do with Marcus Simeon. He went to a perfect spot in Toronto where ever since the Josh Donaldson, Jose Batista years, uh, Troy Tulowitzki, you know, going a decade back, they have found a system for their hitting, right, for, 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 for how to get their major league hitters just being productive and just hitting the shit out of the ball, right? Everybody, just not, not one guy, everybody in Toronto just makes hard contact. They're good hitters. And it, yeah. it comes from down up, right? Somebody needs to bottle that shit and sell it to the Yankees. <laughs> But um, dude, dude, the real th- the real thing is is quickly just one more thing on Toronto. The real thing is Marcus Simeon got signed, and Toronto was basically like, "Hey yo, come over here and just be like, just be like our sixth or like our seventh best hitter." And he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna be number two, like yeah, <laughs> right yeah. behind Vladdy this year." He's like, "Nah, I'm gonna be num- I'm gonna be better than Bobuchet and George Springer and T. Oscar Hernandez. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be better than all these dudes." It's like, crazy. It's like. It's crazy. Yeah. Know, Toronto did such a good job of signing him and Springer. Springer's obviously been pretty hurt this year, right? He hasn't been on the field yeah. much. 
Right. Like I feel like he gets he gets on the field for a week, just mashes and, and kills it and then goes back on the on the I L. Yeah. But you know But if he can stay healthy, I mean he got five more seasons there. Like he 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 got some time to put up some numbers. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll he he'll be fine, man. I think um the bigger concerns for Toronto is and maybe they're not concerned about it. it's something I'd be concerned is Nate Pearson. He had he, he you know, you had different sights for him what when you had him right now. He's in the he's in the bullpen right now. He's been hurt, obviously, which has something to do with it. He didn't really necessarily have a great season this year in the minors. So he's been going through some struggles. We'll see if he gets back to the rotation or he stays as a bullpen arm. Right? We've seen it before where sometimes some guys just do better in the bullpen. right? Some guys are just that much more effective when it comes to pitching an inning than it does having to piece it together for, for 75 to 100 pitches. So, but, but, you know, that's something to look at. Obviously, they have Alex Manoa there. They, they're, they're fine. Robbie Ray hasn't shown out this year, right? You still have Ryu. Um, you know, so, so, so those guys aren't really crying about it. I think they, they can, they're only going to get better. But, man, what, what a ride, man. Guys, before, b- before we get out of here, is there anything that you guys want to say? Uh, you know, it's been, it's, we're, we're pretty much in playoff time, right? So, for the next next couple of weeks, we'll be, be talking about the wild card race most mostly because that's really the only thing left to decide for the most part. But yeah, man, yo, Nick, Rob, you guys, ain't, you guys got anything? Dude, I'm gonna say something really quick, Ooh. especially since we're on the topic of Toronto. Yo, these last two weeks of baseball can go crazy if Vladdy goes crazy, man. If Vladdy goes crazy and pulls out this MVP win, yo. Yo, all the, all the Dominicans got to go crazy if Vladdy pull out this MVP winner. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be hard. It's going to be harder for what show his nah, For sure, for sure. No, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But all I'm saying is, like, my dude is having – look, the only reason I feel so strongly about this is because Vladdy is having a very underrated season simply because of what Otani's doing. Like, and people do not give him enough credit for the offensive season that he is having. Like, the dude is putting up a monstrous year. So, I'm just saying, like, we'll see how it wraps up. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my dude can, can, can pull through. Absolutely, man. Yo, Nick, what about you, dude? Yeah, man, to have the year that Vladdy's having and being somehow overshadowed by another player is insane. Because, uh, I mean, he might be the MVP, most valuable player to his team. But what I want to leave off on, okay, Doctors fans, if you're not pissed off at the graphic that I believe Fox <laughs> Network released and having Max Scherzer and Trey Turner as your clinched players, you're, wow, that is just a shot. That shows you how far they're falling. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Giants had Posey, Belt, and Crawford on their clinched posters. So uh, shots fired by the powers above to the Dodgers. That's not good to have two of your three guys not even there for half the year on your clinched banner. Dude, it is it is nuts. That was such a, look, it was a very necessary move by them, right? Uh, it, it puts them in the position they're all right now, where, where they're 15 games ahead in the wild card or whatever it is, right? Some ridiculous number. Let me see. They're, they're, yeah, they're 17 games from, you know, the next best team in the wild card. So, you know, they, they got that done. Scherzer's going to get a, a pretty much a blank check and say, yo, here, whatever you want, we'll give it to you. Just save some for Kershaw because we need to get him. Yeah, he's Yo, Scherzer realistically is going to get Bowers money. He's going back to Washington, boys. He's going back to Washington. I mean, I mean, look, but if he, but if LA comes in with a strong offer, it's it's going to be a simple shift for LA. It's, I mean, 
what they were expecting from Trevor Bauer, I mean, 10, 10 times out of 10, if you if Max Scherzer or M. Bauer put, get put in front of you, you're taking Scherzer. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. for them, it's like, for them, it's like, okay, they're just replacing Bauer with someone who's better. They're, they're definitely happy about that, man. Look, it's been, it's been a crazy year. It, it's been a crazy, crazy season, man. Look, last two weeks, the one thing we've seen with baseball is momentum, right? Momentum can carry you into the playoffs and, and kind of help you get over a, a game or two, right? So, bro, look. This, this, you, you want to talk about crazy takes? Look, a team like the Mariners can absolutely just go off in the next few weeks, right? They're, they're three games back, but Boston is struggling. The Yankees, you know, we're, we're who we are. You know, it, it wouldn't be crazy. It really wouldn't be crazy if they somehow sneak in there. And if they sneak in there, maybe win a game, right? It's a one game playoff. So look out for that, right? If you're in Seattle, I, you gotta be excited, man. I, you know, I'll be there next week. I will let you know. I will go to a bar to watch a game, and I will let you know what the what the uh, feeling is up there because I will be there for three days next week. You gotta be excited. They, they have to be excited. Look, this team is. This is like this is like Christmas coming early, right? Where you didn't expect. This is like a surprise gift. Like, oh, I was not expecting this this year, but I will take it. Thank you for this toaster, right? Um, <laughs> you know, team team like like the Red Sox, man. Look, you get them in a one game playoff. You're, you're facing Chris Dale. That's tough. Look, same thing Yankees. Like, I'm, I'm going to shit on the Yankees for the rest of the year because they've hurt me emotionally. But look, Garrett Cole in a one-game playoff, that's tough to beat, right? Same thing with Toronto. Toronto has their new ace in in in, in Robbie Ray. Man, ace off, right? And in, in, in the NL, you know, oof, St. Louis, Jack Flattery, if, if he can get on the mound, dude, that's an ace right there, right? Since he, since he has... He, since he has one guy who has great one-game stuff, that's Luis Castillo. You put Luis Castillo on, a, on the mound for one game, he can do special shit. You know, San Diego, they have a whole bunch of guys. Joe, Joe Musgrove is probably that guy for them this year, right? Philadelphia with Zach Wheeler. New York Mets with, with you know, maybe DeGrom makes the, you know, I don't know, maybe it takes like magic healing powder or whatever and comes back. You know, the point is, the point really is, these next few weeks are exactly why we have that second wild card spot. Right, because if we didn't have that second wild wild card spot, it'd be the Dodgers and, and, and the wild card not even close. In the AL, it'd be a lot closer, obviously, because you have a few teams battling. But man, look, if you're a baseball fan, this is probably the best time of year. Yeah. With that said, we are out of here. Peace out. We will catch you guys next time. Yo, um, Abe, we will not be doing free agent stuff until the season's over, man. Come on, respect the season. And it's the Mets. We can't talk about the Mets. You guys just embarrassed us. That I, I, any he way. already knows his team's out of the playoffs. That's why he's asking. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, man. Yo, peace out. See you guys later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Diamond Talk. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up at diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. That's diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. To catch up on our old episodes, or if you want to check out the rest of the awesome pods that we have under the SSAW network, Head to our website at tssaw.com and do not forget to subscribe. See y'all next week and we'll catch you on the field.